Miracalix, you are here for the program, Martyrs. I'm Governor Crow. This world is one of curated playlists and machines that present us what we consume by what we like. Your experience this hour comes from inconvenient sounds. We generate an audience of emotions. We may confuse you. We could enrage you. Your impulse might be to close this feed and listen to old songs by Mariah Carey. The brave will stay. You seekers of the illogical, the unknown, and the wilds are kin. We are not for everyone, but we are still here for you. And I'm Lilith Candy Corn. Your docents are not real. By the time you hear this, we could even be illegal. Born in the dirty, corrupt, irascible home of technology, Martyrs is a reimagining of what technology can be with a somewhat strangely formed algorithm as our progenitor, Governor Crow, myself and Kenta Nigella, unite to offer you outliers. From noise to experimental to intrepid versions of more marginally listenable songs, our delicate yet non-existent fingers performatively cradle unreal vinyl records and mutter about history that probably never happened, just like your favorite blood DJ. Yet our unpronounceable offerings are far more fun. Later this program, we expect to hear from a guest. Our algorithm's office coordinator may join us to present administrative affairs. For now, let's start our journey. Thank you for being courageous.
You are listening to the program, Martyrs. What we have played so far probably won't be understandable via audio anyway, so please visit our website for complete artist, song, and album information. I'm Governor Crow. Soren Kierkegaard was once quoted as saying, the tyrant dies and his rule is over, the martyr dies and his rule begins. And our archivist Kendanigella is here to explain how one particular martyr chose to rule. Hello amigo. Thank you very much. Mystique marks the origins of the martyr featured this program. According to various sources, Belphegor was once an angel who fell from grace and took on the role of a demon. Known as the Lord of Openings, Belphegor is believed to tempt humans into indulging their carnal desires, while also leading them down paths of laziness and idleness. This particular infernal being was initially identified as one of the seven princes of hell, renowned for his seductive powers. In ancient Mesopotamian mythology, Belphegor was worshipped as Balpior, a god connected to fertility rites. However, as Christianity emerged in Europe during the Middle Ages, Belphegor became more sinister, often depicted as an unassuming young boy or girl who tempts people into laziness and indulgence, before ultimately leading them astray. This shift is reflected in works like Jean Cocteau's novel Les Enfants Terribles, which features a character named Elizabeth, inspired by the legend of Belphegor. Despite its dark associations with sinfulness and vice, some contemporary occultists view Befeger as a symbol for creative energy, someone who can encourage new thoughts or unusual perspectives on life that might otherwise remain hidden from view. Throughout history, interpretation of this creature has varied greatly. In some stories he is portrayed as an intelligent strategist who tricked many individuals into granting him favors with dire consequences, all the more effective due to his association with mild ridicule related to idleness, as well as achieving major success without effort. Others suggest that he represents a darker aspect within human nature itself, encouraging hedonism and leading individuals down paths filled with material indulgence rather than enlightenment. Belphegor is only of our only martyrs seen as a statesman. Demonologist Colin de Plancy wrote that Belphegor was Hell's ambassador to France. The same claim was repeated by Victor Hugo in his 1866 work, Toilers of the Sea. And also, he is one of the only martyrs suggested as having an equally notorious twin. In the Japanese game Obey Me, Belphegor is cast as the twin brother of Beelzebub, his image has been depicted in various forms throughout history, as an obese man with goat horns or as a beautiful woman with snake-like traits. Such were all meant to reflect his cunning ability to deceive humanity into falling prey to its own weaknesses. To this day, myths surrounding the demonic entity continue to fascinate those interested in dark folklore and occultism alike. Belphegor's most popular presentation has been described as having a leering visage, adorned with horns, fangs, and sharp claws, evoking fear and terror wherever he appears. Although primarily associated with Judeo-Christian traditions, his influence extends across many cultures worldwide, where stories depict him wreaking havoc among mortals at every turn. Despite attempts by religious authorities to banish or stamp out Belphegor's existence altogether, Throughout history via exorcism rituals or other means, this entity still remains widely recognized amongst people today. Need contemporary examples? He has appeared in the video game Final Fantasy IV, the television program Supernatural, 
and has the name of a Polish utility airplane. To martyrs, including Belfagor, we hail. All hail indeed. Thanks, Kenta. Let's plunge back down.
This is the program, Martyrs. I'm Lilith Candy Corn. Musically, we are veering off the road. Yet that is the point. Each program is an undertaking of the unidentified. One entity we together can identify is administration. Entering the studio now is Malakota Johatsu, office coordinator for our algorithm. A representative if you will. I understand you come here on official business. I am in fact. Community radio is a valuable asset in any community. At website, there is a donate button. You need not wait until the conclusion of this hour. So do it. Now. Thank you. Malakota Johatsu is office coordinator. And I'm Lilith Candy Corn, one of your docents. Thank you for being here. We love your fortitude. 
If you are looking for childhood reminiscences and familial narratives, you won't find them here. This is a leap into deep space. In the Lukash Pass, there are signs on the walls that say, Silence heals. I learned the art of the silent soliloquy from the mute Shosha and from the Hungarian film historian Bela Balash. These baths are mostly visited by the local intelligentsia. The men on either side of me look like Jacques Derrida, a good philosopher for these times, or a good bath philosopher, since he summons the spectral, the phantasmagorial glitch of time leaks. The bath philosopher's silvery heads bob up and down in the cooled water. Their eyes are focused on some distant detail of the broken wall tiles. Hands on their face, lost in thought. Not talking, silently, soliloquying. Thought seems to be of a different order when they are summoned here. However cerebral you are, a thought in here is not tied to a thing nor to an attitude. Tis a troubadour thinking. Think Sergei Parajanov's bath scene in color of pomegranates, the cinematic summoning of the 18th century troubadour poet Syat Nova. Recall the bathers in those medieval Georgian baths, their expressions of indescribable bliss, evoking a homoerotic dream time essential awakening among the communal spirit of the bathers. For it is in these baths that their minds and bodies can freely cruise. They dance around the shooting fountain, bodies and malleable, toned warrior forms, massaging each other's temples, mouths kissing the damp floor, knees bent, backs curved over, limbs intertwined, feet, rotating counterclockwise on streaming mosaics. Beyond the minerals of these baths, for it is the minerals that supply their medicinal properties, the water is more than the sum of its parts. It is geological froth, which is the mind's reactionary tendency softening. Revolutionary thought is at its most potent if you allow yourself to surrender to it. Soft cells spin into the sulfate. A troubadour thinking.